This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything <laughs> on the human side of property. And Niall's this, got the giggles. Niall's got the giggles, nothing new there. Um, and I don't know why, because, well, maybe it's because the topic we're talking about is getting older and maturing in property, but not just us. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Joanna? You're old, love. You're old. I think we're talking about... Maturing portfolio. Well, yeah, so you buy a property... <laughs> And it does something for you at the very beginning. Yeah. And then five years later, you realise that actually it's not doing the same thing it used to, either in a negative or a positive way. Mm-hmm. So we definitely had... Are you right there, Joe? So I'm just trying to do some creative filming. You're trying to take a, take a up your nose selfie. I am, yeah. I'm trying to do something quite crea- creative and arty. Uh, yeah. So yes, the, we've definitely had properties in our portfolio whereby we went on... You know, we went ahead with one idea thinking, yeah, we're going to make a, a four-bed HMO up in... Lancashire, mm. as an example. You can say it. You can say it. Burnley. Ah, oh, <laughs> Up in Burnley, this, for this example. This is where Tommy's going to be and buying a house, I hear. That's the house Tommy was in. That's right. Ah, the house that Tommy wanted. That, that used to be, that, that was a HMO. Yes, actually, yes, you're right. That house that you went into, it's a video on our YouTube uh, mm-hmm. channel, um, the HMO Platform YouTube channel. And for our listeners who don't remember who Tommy is, listen to the previous episode. Mm. Oh, yes, recording on the same day, so Tommy's still sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> second feature yeah so Tommy and Nar went into this house in Burnley and it used to be an HMO and we had uh, taken the idea to stop being an HMO because the rooms weren't renting as well as we wanted to the rents were quite low and actually we realised that when we compared running it as a four-bed HMO and running it as a single family home the profit wasn't that different and the hassle factor wasn't worth it mm-hmm. for the extra 50 quid or 100 quid a month whatever it was so uh, and not reliable as well because of getting those tenants in and and i don't know what it was about burnley but the tenants would just leave and not tell us that they were leaving so we'd always have a void because we'd have no chance of filling it before somebody left (laughs) so that again that yeah knocks you knocks your profit so in this particular example we learned from doing very happy to have that property in the portfolio it's just one of many uh, but that's why you've got to have quite a few um, so we matured on that particular property and also it's made us a bit wary about doing certain types of properties well certain types of HMOs on certain types of properties and now um, uh, I mean are other people that have done similar things don't we Joe? Joe. I wish I could Joe. say I was listening but um, I was too busy taking some little golden nuggets for our social media so I don't know what the fuck you just said but I'm sure it was something around repurposing your so buying something and then ultimately it being something else later on down the line and you used your Burnley house as an example well that's a really good guess given (laughs) that's what the whole topic of the podcast is about so yeah well done you I mean I'm not saying you two are boring but holy shit like wow okay no I think um, Matt made some excellent points there Um, (laughs) I'm really pink in this picture Um, sorry property jammers let's get back to focus so yeah, no, I think that, well, there's two things here. I think when you buy something, it, you don't just buy it with like the whole, this will this will be all it ever is. You've always thought about backup strategies anyway, right? 
you like and that will be down to the location of the property so you know that if one tenant market fails let's just say you're in students you know it's near a hospital right so you've always got that in mind but then there's always something else you need to take into consideration it's like it's not just the tenant type that changes the actual purpose of the house changes like you have to use it for something different like maybe you could sell it you know Mm -hmm. maybe you could um convert it into something completely different so it has a different form and you can i don't know yeah pull capital out of it and you know i think that is the great thing about property is it allows you to do that but at the same time you don't know what you're going to do with it until the market dictates so that's where the uncertainty sits but there's always a bit of you can always do a bit of jiggery pokery with your house isn't it so i think the only thing i don't 100 percent agree with 100 percent 100 percent yeah is that we said we didn't (laughs) 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 we do have that mindset now and have had that mindset of having an alternative strategy yeah but not from the very first ones that we bought oh for sure because that was just yeah for sure buy the first buy to let it will never be anything else than a buy to let yeah you're right I don't I didn't either to be fair not with a buy to let anyway I think with HMOs I always did yeah 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 Yeah. so as we matured as we (laughs) so did our thinking (laughs) so did our thinking our planning our investment thinking yes exactly (laughs) so so let's now go back to the question that I asked you Joe (laughs) when you were listening which was uh, you've you've also got we've got a mutual friend who's also done something similar haven't we have we? What, who are we talking about? Guildford. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Now, thanks for the cue. Um, so our friend Nizzy, who's been on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. She. Oh, that was a while ago. Oh, yeah, she ago. was. Yeah, do you remember? Lockdown. Lizard the Wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah during no, lockdown. The, the Lizard. Lizard yeah. the Wizard. So Lizard the Wizard. Um, she wasn't the Wizard. Legend. She was a Lizard, wasn't she? She's Lizard the Wizard. Oh, she's all of those things. She's amazing. Um, Lizzie's incredible. She uh, started investing at 62. She's now 72. Um, uh, and she's going to appreciate it. Uh, listen. Yeah, for everyone for telling her that. She, the reason I mention it is because it's to make the point that number one, you're never too um, old or too young to start. I really do believe that. Well, I mean, you might be too young. I mean, Freddie's four months old, so... No, get him started, plant the right seeds. I'm already talking to the little one in my belly about, you know, getting investment under its belt. So, yeah, just plant the seeds. But whether they can actually get a mortgage at, say, four months old is a different matter. Exactly, you can do a lease option. You can do a lease option at four months old, no problem. (laughs) Dribble and all. Um, So, yeah, I think what's amazing about Lizzie is Lizzie started off her portfolio in Guildford kind of by accident, went into the student market. And what has happened in Guildford is the market has actually dictated that what she'd get for a single dwelling is actually better than what she'd get for a shared student house. So she's converted most of her HMOs, her student HMOs, into single dwellings again. So that's going with the times. Going with the times. However, that is also part of the fact that that property has been held for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. The financial situation for her will be very different to someone potentially buying a new property. For Mm -hmm. sure. So uh, I think if people are going to try and compare what they're doing with what other people are doing... It's not, you, you can't always do that. No. Because everyone's in different situations. Uh, everyone's got different amounts of equity and everyone's on different mortgages and these different factors allow for different things to happen at different times. Yeah. And that's why we're left scratching our heads sometimes when we're run the numbers on a deal. We put an offer in that we know works and then you see someone buys it for a hundred grand more than what we've bought it for. And it's like, how the hell are they making it work? I know. Well, sometimes they're not. We have seen some properties come onto the market so far this year, which are half well, finished. Yeah. 
and uh, where people have obviously done the wrong thing and are trying to either cut their losses or backtrack. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oops, shouldn't have done that. Well, some people that. are just parking money. I think people do just do that. They care less about it. That is true. They just they just want a piece of yeah mm. piece of the. Uh, the land yeah literally they're happy to leave it in not interested in recycling it or grow over time and they're going to get a bit of income in the meantime you yeah. know what i mean like loads of people do that um but i think the mar the market has definitely changed like well okay so let's use the example of my patch lincoln one of my hmos you said patch i did sorry you hate that don't you sorry patch. actually no i'm not gonna own it patch 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 patch, patch. patch. your face patch 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 getting angry no but i um so one of my hmos uh i normally fill it about 10 months ahead of the academic year and this particular hmo for some reason hasn't filled so i was having a conversation with this, my is, this, this is a good looking hmo too. it's a very sexy looking hmo mm. and i've stayed in this hmo you have oh was it that one no no it wasn't was it that? i can't remember which one anyway yeah is this one of the <laughs> twins yeah it was one of the twins it's which did you stay on the left one or the right one the left oh, you go and you turn left to the kitchen yeah okay so you did so it's this one right so this um this particular hmo has not filled now i i'm like why because normally people are fighting and queuing to get into this it's house. because it's a little bit too far from it's the, not it for, well, well it's a little bit further than one of the rights <laughs> <laughs> cut lynches people don't want to walk cut lynches correct yeah no do you know what it is they the market in lincoln has changed at the moment, partly because of COVID and people searching far later on in the academic year. So students searching far later on in the academic year. And I was talking to Harry, again, my letting agent who's been on the podcast. Uh -huh. And he said to me that students at the moment are not seeking such large house shares in Lincoln. How many rooms is yours? Six en suites. That's only That's six. Only si but, you, but that at the moment is deemed large. So okay. what's happened in Lincoln? Why has that changed? So again, thinking ahead of time, that particular property is situated two minutes from the hospital. So it's got, you know, we can pivot to that. Mm -hmm. um, it's pivot. Uh, so there's there's options and there's other, I mean, there's basically two or three other markets I could turn to, thank God, because I had thought about that ahead of time. But it is an unexpected change because mm. it's been so certain and so secure, but it can, you know, it can change. It can change a drop of a hat. Absolutely. But at the, end, at the end of the day, it is a large property. It has got, well, it's a really nice property and people need somewhere to live. People need somewhere to live. And Push comes to shove, you can just go move into it now with your growing family. Sure. In Lincoln. It feels a bit extreme when in there's only Lincoln. three of us with two two cats in Lincoln. We could, that'd be and ideal actually. That's just ideal. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, you're great. I'm going to move in. Thank you. That's great. That's no that's, problem, a, that's, that's a change of strategy. Move into <laughs> move into your own HMO. Oh man. Yeah, I don't want to live in Lincoln, babe. So I'm gonna I'm gonna veto that idea. Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. Lovely Why Lincoln. Are you two talking. I don't know. Seriously, Patch. again, it's put this a pop shield in front of you, and you've just gone fucking crazy. <laughs> we would like news readers earlier, weren't we? Uh huh. <laughs> you should have seen us when we did the live I episode. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I was here. <laughs> No, when we did the on-site Oh, the on-site one. Oh, we yeah, were... when you replaced me. Oh, yes. <laughs> we fucked yeah. you off. Thank you, Bridget. Yeah, we 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 kind of went into a bit of a, a, a double act mode. Um, yeah. And you got Matt convinced on the panels for bathrooms. Yep. But I did nothing. No, I mean, no. It was uh, it was a joint 
because you don't like panels. I don't like panels. I don't like panels, but actually, in bathrooms, we like these panels. They're very nice. Yeah, Kerry, the the whose project it was for this particular HMO Open Day. If you haven't listened to the episode, is a real fan of like panels of a silky board, mermaid board in en suites. I never have been, but I have to say the look and finish of these did. In fact, you posted about it on LinkedIn, didn't you? I saw. Or I did, yeah. and uh, it sparked a bit of quite a lot of debate. Actually, it was one of uh, quite a successful post about tiles versus panels. I still like tiles. I'm putting it out there in fact I went into a bathroom earlier where you and I had lunch Nile, mm-hmm. and I really liked the tiles they had in there with black grout it was a white metro tile with black grout still very effective still very sexy will always classic. love a tile but yeah anyway not really to do with strategies or portfolios maturing but still yeah no, well, the taste are maturing our tastes are maturing very well, well, good well, one of the uh, well also panels are obviously getting better and i'd only ever seen cheap panels yeah we're going off topic here so we're talking about maturing as investors and our portfolios maturing yeah one thing that we definitely learned along the way is that it's not always about income yeah this is a big one now eh? yeah because we had been taught from the very beginning you have cash flow cash flow cash flow income 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 and you're safe mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and I still believe that to a certain degree and, and I still believe that that's the first strategy that people need because yeah. if you've got income coming in it gives you that foundation but we are now what eight years into investing yeah and I wish I started flipping property earlier mm-hmm. I agree with that um, and it's the, it's the number one thing that people ask me it's not the number one but it's one of the things people ask me and the number one answer I give is um, if I've done something differently before i'm saying this really badly if i had to do something again better oh my god <laughs> like speaking this answer <laughs> or this point <laughs> <laughs> someone take over <laughs> i pass the button if Niall. you could have your time again you would consider a capital strategy earlier than you did correct okay i'm definitely not a newsreader this is true. Unless you had a teleprompt, I feel like you'd very dangerous. Although we, we, we had to play with one of those earlier and I, I still had to <laughs> do three takes. <laughs> it's not your calling. Um, I just fall over my words and my tongue gets wrapped around my teeth. It's a lot. It's a lot. No, but I, th- I think you're right. I, I do think we um, we do get... In the early days, we are told it's cash before capital, right? And the reason for that is because... It gives you that freedom. It allows you to step back from the day job if you want to. But when I step back and I look at that, I think about what doing capital flips or pulling larger capital lump sums out of property gets you. It can mitigate the need to work with private finance if you don't want like the idea of it because you can start recycling your own cash from your first one or two flips. Mm -hmm. It means that you could probably replace the equivalent of potentially half your salary or a year's salary in one deal, which Mm -hmm. would give you that freedom that the income would give you. Yes, depending on what you're doing with the property, there might be a tax implication, so that could be a, a drawback. However, what I like about it is it gives you choice yeah. So I think if I could have my time again, I would probably do a lot more capital stuff in the early days as well. Yeah. And it also gives you the opportunity then to invest into other strategies, not necessarily just even property. You know, you can put your money into other investment strategies. Yes, exactly. So use property as the vehicle to invest elsewhere. Like being an angel, for example. Like being an angel. Angel is su- like Being an angel is such a lovely hands off way to generate money. 
And so having that alongside your existing investment strategy in property, it's a great way to go. I didn't really think about it. I'd never considered myself as an angel in the early days or having that scope to do it, thinking, well, hang on a minute, if people are giving me investment funds and I'm, they're getting a fixed return, why couldn't that be me if I just raised enough for a property? I just didn't, do you know mm. what I mean? I almost excluded myself from that option. Well, anyone could be an angel. Anyone can. Mm. But it's funny when you're on the other side of the coin and you are, you've got your investor hat on, you sit there squarely and it's almost like, why well, hang on a minute, why don't you build that in as well and get some, just another stream of income or, you know, a fixed return going for you. Yeah. But it comes with experience, doesn't it? Of course it? it does. Yeah. Hindsight, I suppose. Yeah. The, the longer you do it, the more you, the more benefits and options you see available to you that you would never have seen before had you, had you not started in the first place. Yeah. And true. also, if you, if you were starting out in the right way, you go out with a, with a focus mm. and it should be a very clear focus of what you're doing without trying to do too much at once. Yeah. And then you focus on that and then you achieve that. Then once you've achieved that, you either decide, well, am I going to keep doing that or am I going to pivot, pivot. or even just evolve slightly or yeah. change tack? And that's how, how it should go. That's how all businesses evolve. Um, and as you grow, you'll have, uh, you know, if you have more people around you, more opportunities occur. I know a lot of opportunities are starting to come to us this year through changing the way that we're networking, um, for sure, myself and Niall. And it, it's, yeah, I think there's, there's a whole, whole lot of potential um, by just also being quite content and comfortable where you are. Mm. And something that's, you know, as you grow, it's painful. You get quite a lot going on. You're trying to, you know, get lots of properties, projects on the way. And then you get to this point of consolidation. And then you realize that actually, yeah, look at what you've done. You've achieved quite a lot. And then take stock and, and, and go again. What was I trying to say? I don't know. But I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was along the lines of... of uh, but, typically my brain had an idea then I started thinking about something else I think about another idea I <laughs> could do <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about something else I could invest in I was actually it's thinking about like, the, the six projects which came across our desk in the last two days <laughs> so you're talking about understanding and knowing the strategy that you're working on before you start looking and jumping too far ahead into others this is why we're business partners yes he was listening which I must admit I, I, I wasn't so I'm not I'm not been paying attention very much in this episode I was just baby brain should we blame baby brain? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. When you were paying attention, turn your TikTok off. I've muted it. You've now muted it. Thank you. <clears throat> oh, are we recording? Uh, yes, we are recording <laughs> and have been recording for the last 18 minutes. Uh, As you can see, welcome, we are enthralled welcome. by this episode ourselves. So I hope you guys are enthralled <laughs> by know, listening in. Do you know why? Is it because you're really hungry? I'm really, really hungry. <laughs> It's because we're talking about maturity and I think we've all started to develop like Alzheimer's or something because we're just like <laughs> not, we're collectively not functioning. Actually, Matt and I are not functioning. You're doing brilliantly over there now. It's because he had two pints for lunch. Yes, he's fine. <laughs> Let's give him the juice. Oh dear. God, like we were we were planning on recording three episodes today. Imagine no. what the third one would have been like. Well, had we put all the, the uh, chats we had together in between the episodes, we would have about four or five episodes I because know. we spent so much time chin wagging. You wouldn't think it, would you? Should listen to this podcast? No, no. So where were we? We were talking about. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> god! <laughs> <laughs> you were basically explaining once again. 
<laughs> the importance of sticking to one strategy. Thank you, Nar. There we go. Yeah, but that strategy changes over time. Yes. As you mature as an investor, as your uh, as opportunities, uh, that's the other thing, is that opportunities present themselves at di- in different markets. So when you start off investing, you start off investing in a market which, well, when we were starting, it was very, I don't know, how do you describe the market? When easy. we started, it was relatively straightforward. It was very basic. Relatively easy. It, it felt, compared to today, it does feel very basic. Very simple. Yep. Yeah. I remember when I started investing and was doing HMOs up in Warrington, and this guy came up to me at this networking event in Warrington. I think I said that already. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this guy came up to me and said, I don't know how you do what you're doing because I was buying houses, renovating them, and refinancing them, re- refinancing them after about six to nine months, and then pulling a decent amount of money out, and then renting them out. Yeah. So I don't know how you do that, because he had a massive portfolio that he built up in Liverpool, and he was doing them all based on same-day remortgages. Mm. Oh. So he couldn't get his head around how difficult it was when we started. Okay. And now it has only got harder because of prices, numbers, economy. bill costs, economy. Not necessarily harder, but just different it's harder you, i can't do what i, think I did it's a bit harder i think yeah i think it maybe is a bit harder mm. but I, we can't do what i did in 2015 today yeah agreed in mm. exactly the same way yeah we have to do it slightly differently which is why we're moving with the market we're still developing buy slits and hmos mm. mm-hmm. and other properties because people still need somewhere to live and we've just moved with the times mm. so as we matured you know we did five years of big growth two years of pretty much pause very little growth during a pandemic and now we're back into what i probably see is another five years of big growth and going from you know a eight figure portfolio no seven figure portfolio to probably a, to an eight figure portfolio mm. actually that happens really good that's, all, but that's, that's pretty much done this year to a nine figure portfolio a bigger portfolio a bigger just go bigger just, just go, go bigger, bigger. don't put a number on it yeah, yeah. put a number on it yeah yeah <coughs> But that's interesting because that's the, f- the focus there is money, right? And I think if you buy a property and you get it right from purchase, the worst off you'll ever be is when you first buy it. Yeah. And I think what... Ooh. It's a statement. I mean, ja- this is what I mean by that buying the right property. That is quite philosophical there. But it's true. And this is why I think the only reason we ever tend to change... What about, what about my flat where I'm now having to subsidise it by £100? But again, that's due to not refinancing you were planning on selling it so you had to change your strategy and now you are refinancing it so therefore it will start cash flowing positively we also talked about that in a previous episode so if anyone's confused by that let's go and listen to the episode last week was it last week yeah yeah probably even though you're subsidizing it slightly you're still better off because you still own the asset but also if that was the only asset you and a few others yeah exactly if that was the only asset you owned then that would be a cost wouldn't it but you know it's kind of absorbed in the interim whilst you're going through the refinance by the others but my point is and I'm probably going to pull out 30 grand. Which is nice, right? So again, it's always swings and roundabouts. But the money is the biggest motivator to changing strategy. So I'm thinking now to um, Max and Alex mm-hmm. from um, uh, Stuart Clinton Properties, friends of the podcast. They've been on three times now, haven't they? they were, they've were. they just changed some of their HMOs in Coventry to children's homes. Mm-hmm. So they've had to go jump through a few hoops in order to do that. But again, the reason for that is it servicing a much greater need than the professional market that the HMOs were serving, Mm -hmm. but also in terms of profitability, they're making so much more money. And if if your property can do that because you've got it right from the jump, then 
that's why you change strategy and that comes with maturity and confidence and yeah clarity clarity you know and Another also money word. Mm. money is it really i was thinking Cash. why is it what it's either because your property's something's not working you know so or something works better or something works better and mm-hmm. you're always open to that so i think it's about having an open mindset to how your portfolio can change and whether that's financially you know viable for you to do so and if the answer to both of those is yes then you change strategy okay so how else might a portfolio mature well i think also on the finance side because in terms of borrowing and leverage there's an argument to say that once you get to a certain point of leverage that you can pivot into a repayment so that you're actually increasing the equity balance in your portfolio do you need to go to repayment or do you just need to not refinance as aggressively Uh, both could work either could work either could work or go to portfolio lending where it's yeah, start One. to streamline your finance. <coughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. One product covers a lot. Yeah, and I think, uh, so Anna Cox, again, another friend of the podcast, has has looked at portfolio lending across her, you know, much more mature portfolio. She's, what, eight years old now, I think it is, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, and f- for that exact reason, mm. um, to, to just kind of, yeah, deleverage a bit, you know? Well, my point about the... Uh, yeah, aggressive refinancing. Obviously, aggressive refinancing means you're pulling money out. You're always increasing your mortgage yeah. balance, but mm. um, at the same time, you're also increasing your equity because whenever you refinance, you only pull out a percentage. Yeah. So you're always better off at a refinance because you've got cash and you've got more equity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but only if you've got something to do with that money. Mm. But you'll probably be worse off cash flow wise because unless the rent's gone up dramatically, your mortgage then is going to go up as well. well my um, one of my uh, earlier mentors, his view on it was you refinance until you've paid back what you owe, whether that be to investors or whatever money you've borrowed. Or yourself. Or yourself, and then stop. Mm. And just let it sit, let it mature, until you get to the point where you really need that money again, and then you've got it sitting waiting for you, rather than just doing it for the sake of doing it. I like the idea of money waiting for me. And again, this is what happens with a mature portfolio because it just starts to, you get to that lovely tipping point where everything starts to come together. You've got the maturity of equity. Your income has gone up, hopefully. Uh, mm-hmm. But you've also got the pivot. Yes, I'm going to say it. Pivotability. Pivotability. Oh, yeah. Should you be open to kind of like an, an, another opportunity that presents itself to kind of repurpose the property in some way? And I think that comes with maturity as an investor as well. Mm-hmm. I think this is what I mean. The worst off you ever are is when you first buy something. And providing you get it right and you run it right, yeah, you, you're going to have these lovely opportunities to make use of that wisdom. Definitely noticed it recently whereby... Um, we I went to well we started to go re- refinance and things because we had a whole lo- load of properties coming to the end or very close to the end so we had about five refinances going on and I think it's four refinances and one purchase going on at the mo- two purchases yeah. going on at the moment mm-hmm. and uh, it was quite nice to just go through it and go I wasn't intending to pull money out of this one but you know what I can yeah so I will yeah um, and actually that that was my view because we're we're expanding we're growing so, well that money could be very nicely invested elsewhere either yeah. into another property or into one of our other businesses yeah and also I think the economic climate climate has forced people to 
change strategies because the interest rates have affected their potential for strong cash flow? Oh my God, there are deals which we appraise. We're constantly appraising deals at the moment. Our clients are appraising deals at the moment where uh, a year ago, you'd have been like, absolute no-brainer, two grand cash flow, do that all day long. Yep. And now we're going, my God, I'm, I do all this work for 650 quid. That's what I mean. Mm. Eight bed HMA. That's what I mean. And then we go, well, okay, that might be the case if you were to refinance it today. Yeah. But if you're going to do a project, we've started doing a bit of a more of a projection method. Mm. Well, less of a method, more of a... Bash? More of a bash, back of an envelope, don't they? <laughs> and actually, it's quite, it makes quite a good point because there are different ways of appraising projects. And I know there are... I'm not a surveyor, but there are these you know, the ways of looking at the cash models over five years, over 10 years, and going, well, what, let's average it over a 10-year period rather than over a one-year period. And you make some assumptions about the growth, the rent, and all of that based on um, stats and that's what we've started to do going well would we do this deal um, whereby we can buy it at today's prices and we're very happy with the return that we're going to get in two years time as opposed to the return we're going to get today yeah. mm. or return that we're going to get in five years time um, because it, in five years time I won't be able to do this deal mm. to get that return but I can get this property at this price today mm. and do a bit of backwards thinking as long as it still stacks as long as you cash flow positive and we know how especially with HMOs, how quickly rents are going up. I think there will be a bit of a, it's a bit, of like, a bit like a roller coaster. They go up and then they come back down again. Yeah. They go up, they come back down again, or they, they settle. And I think there will be a bit of settling soon as the cost of living crisis bites a bit more. But you know, looking at the average salary, you know, I often work out that up to about 850, 900 pounds a month, most people on average salaries on for young professionals can afford that. Yeah most yeah. of them because it's all inclusive generally yeah mm-hmm. on the types of properties we do and then when you um so, so maybe i wouldn't go in and predict that rents are going to jump massively from that but if my rents are still under like 850 we did it the other day didn't we now where we, we were like well do we think rents will get to this price in the next 12 months and we're like looking where they are now look where they've come from it's potentially likely so we're not going to appraise it at that but we're going to be more bullish on our rents and our appraisal than we would have done three years ago yeah two years ago and i feel quite comfortable with that and Niall, i think you were quite comfortable with it and you're the conservative queen yeah i'm generally the more i'm I'm usually the more difficult one to convince (laughs) in those scenarios but yes um i was pleasantly surprised by how much it has improved over the couple of years yeah i remember the conversation Uh, when i first presented this particular option you're like no i don't think that's the right thing to do and we went through it and then we made made some tweaks and changes to the numbers going right well in this best 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 case scenario would you do this it was like hell yes mm. and then in this less than best situation would you do this and it was like and I'm just you went bright red and going yeah I probably would yeah, <laughs> so annoyed at yourself <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. so it was but do you, again do you see but then like, often Niles is often right as well which is I have to I hate yeah, to say yeah no he is good like that isn't he but, but I think also that comes from experience and wisdom. So imagine having that level of strategic conversation. Call me wise? I am, Aww. yeah. He called you a queen, I called you wise. I'm a wise um, queen. You're a wise queen, babe. You had no idea. No, the wise He's queen. The wise what queen. an episode title. Oh, no, the wise <laughs> queen. No, but if imagine having these kinds of conversations right in the early days. You didn't have the investor maturity and you didn't have the portfolio to, to kind of even review. Um, and let alone think about how you can start investing differently. So that's where you kind of find yourselves now. So for anyone who's listening and you're brand new at this, remember, just start 
And over time, you will mature, as will your portfolio, and you will have more freedom to make it better as you go. Mm-hmm. I think that's... As a very wise man once said, the most important step along the road to success is the first one. And wasn't that true? In fact, was it Niall the Wise Queen that said that? I just like... <laughs> No, it's actually in, in a book called Next Level Landlord oh, here he by, goes. Uh, pitch, by pitch, a guy pitch. called Matt Baker. I've I got like one here. Guy. I have no idea where this where it says it in the book, but I know it's in there because I, I wrote it. <laughs> who actually said that? I can't remember. Who, whose quote was it? It's actually, it is actually my quote. Actually, it yeah, is, I'm, not, I'm not even lying. It is, it's actually my quote. I feel like you've nicked it from someone. I have not nicked it because I double-checked it, triple-checked it before I wrote it. <laughs> Okay, I'll let you off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think I think that's it, isn't it? It's um, you just get to a certain point where you are mature and your portfolio is mature, and you can do more stuff. Indeed, and I love doing more stuff, which is why I think we're going to wrap it up. We're going to do something different. We're going to go for dinner. Oh, stuff, stuff and things, dinner, stuff, stuff ourselves, and dinner, stuff ourselves. <laughs> so, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Property Jam. Goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. From the wise old queen himself. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at Property Jam Podcast at Outlook.com. See, see you on, on the next, next episode. episode.